0: This is the Knowledge Bandits Podcast. I'm your host, Arum. I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Let's start the show. This is the Knowledge Bandits Podcast, and I'm excited to bring you today's guest, Mr. Chika Umeidi. Chika is a co-founder at TipHub. And TipHub is a platform that connects entrepreneurs with potential co-founders, leading technology companies, emerging startups, and potential customers that are specifically relevant to the venture, helping products gain traction. Uh, Chica, I've given just a very brief introduction about uh, TipHub, but I was wondering if you can take the time to let the bandits
1: get to know you a little bit better. All right. Uh, yes, like you said, I'm Chica Umeddy. Um My background is in um product development, product management, and a uh, huge techie. And a lot of my work has been focused on bridging the gap between understanding technology and providing solutions to customer, consumer, and user pains. Mm. And so I bring that expertise of product management and also Um, understanding of product market fit to the tip hub team.
0: That's really cool. And so how did you come to start tip hub with the team and how did
1: you get connected with everyone? So uh, one of the initial co-founders and I went to business school together and we have, we had a lot of friends and other colleagues that were going back to Nigeria and, starting really interesting businesses and we're being we're, we're having a lot of success um and we thought to ourselves the initial the initial thought was how can we support more you know returnees um to ensure that you know that there was continued success with their startup outside of outside of just their experience and their idea we found that some of the best some of the best companies had a mix of three things. Um, they had a great idea for the product or for the market. They had a great management team and they had a, a lot of really great connections, initial great connections for their initial first six to eight months that included potential Team members, um, mm. potential customers, and marketing channels, mm. and we thought, is there a way that we could, is there a way that we could provide those things to people that may not have the opportunity to um, have those those resources in place, so that we could instantly create an environment for an idea to thrive. Mm. And that was the initial iteration of what TipHub came to be. Yeah. Providing access to first customers, first, um, first teammates, providing, um, introductions to potential early, early investors, angel investors.
0: Hmm. And
1: then lastly, you know, validating product market, um, or providing, Providing validation of the, the product market fits an idea.
0: Okay. And you mentioned a few things that uh, sort of lead to success uh, that was having a great idea, great team, and great connections. And outside of that, would you say there's anything else that's, uh, that's key to seeing success?
1: Well, there's, yeah, no, there's definitely, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I think some of the best founders that we've seen that have had um, interesting, ide- unique ideas and are returning to implement those ideas. They have a great plan in place and it's not something that they do haphazardly. Um, they work and work and work to understand the market. They work and work to um ensure that there's um, they understand not just understand the market but they understand the nuances of the sector that they're operating in mm. uh, so there's a lot of uh, what you call like what you call business or preliminary business intelligence mm. so to say about how not just to operate internally but also how to operate against competitors mm. so you know there's one one person I know that you know just moved back, and you know is has become the CEO of a startup, and mm-hmm. she's, you know, it's not it wasn't a year long process. It's a six, it's a six year long process. It's a six year process for it was a six year process for her,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it took a lot of initial, you know, invested in networking, flying back, meeting people, laying the seeds, laying the foundation. And she moved back and, um, started to harvest some of those relationships for the company she started working for. And shortly after that, you know, became the CEO. Huh.
0: Wow. And would you say that's sort of the general process it takes for many founders who are moving back to Nigeria wherever they're they're moving back to is that sort of a process that they move back initially
1: and make those connections or how does that work? Yeah, so what we see is that we see a kind of a soft landing strategy where a lot of founders move back and what they initially do is they move back and they have an idea, but Mm -hmm. they want to work in, they want to work in the industry. So they work with a, you know, maybe a multinational that's playing in the space or they want to work, you know, or maybe they want, they want to kind of get their legs under them. So they'll work in Nigeria for a little while, um, Mm -hmm. get some capital together, get some connections together, and then maybe after a year of doing a year or two of doing that, they'll go out on their own and um, start their start their company. Mm. Um, now while that is you know the, the model that exists, we're starting to see, you know, a tweak I mean there's, a, there's always a, you know, unique there's always a, there's always different there are different models. So we see a lot of that but we are starting to see as the prevalence of angel angel capital that's available and people that are having ideas that are are huge needs within the market we're we're starting to see people just you know kind of create the plan and and get on the ground and start implementing but the soft landing strategy is something that we see with a lot of um, initial founders hmm. as a way to de-risk the the process of moving back to um, a market they may not be as familiar with as they would be as, as they would hope
0: okay interesting and do a lot of the founders sort of have that same experience or are they in that same uh point in life as you were with your co-founder when you were in business school is that sort of the same experience we're seeing or is it uh people coming right
1: out of undergrad moving back yeah no that's a that's a really interesting question where you know specific i'm gonna speak specifically for nigeria and ghana because those are the two um countries that i keep um kind of having my purview sure um but I will say, you know, average, I guess, profile of a founder that's kind of executing, you know, their startup or making that move back into the market to get more understanding, you know, they're they professionals. They're, they're, they're professionals with, you know, probably a master or a master's degree in something mm. or Three to five years of experience, okay. um, in the United States working, um, and the kind of the unique advantage is that exposure—the exposure of working, you know, maybe in the United States or the UK or Germany—but also the context of operating in, you know, maybe Nigeria or Ghana in a Mm. limited capacity. So they do have some experience in their market, Mm. a a little experience in their market. So that comparison, that comparative experience helps to be a unique advantage going into establishing you know, company and the culture of how the company operates huh.
0: Huh. and I'm just uh, a little curious what are some of the uh, interesting companies that we're seeing going back and are they sort of carbon copies of things here or how have they been adapted to the market back home
1: so you know there that's that's another really great question um What we're see, what, what I'm seeing, um, and the companies that I, I get really excited about are companies that are really solving some of the really unique challenges to the, you know, uh, I guess the African environment. Mm. Um, and, you know, I want to even talk about, you know, Companies that are that are not, you know, I, I guess we have a, especially in the startup space, we have a, um, we we tend to talk about sexy startups, you know, startups that are, you know, e-commerce based and and just maybe a tech startup for the, a tech startup's sake. Hmm. And we don't, and, and I mean, I, the, the companies that I really get excited about aren't really those type of companies. Um, mm. they see, so I mean, one example is there's a team in Lagos right now, um, called X, and they're working on the last mile of, uh, logistics, last mile logistics for mm. delivery. So their delivery service. And they're, you know, leveraging technology to kind of, um, take over that last mile, um, for not just, um, e-commerce companies, but for any company that wants to deliver goods, um, in a very quick, um, and efficient pace. Mm. Um, and that's a unique challenge to, not just, not just Lagos or the Nigerian market. That's a unique challenge to the African market. Um, and you know, the team is, um, brilliant team from MIT, um, met the same kind of the same way that, um, me and uh, Mike or my, one of my co-founders met. Um, and they're using that, that experience that they have with, uh, Working at I think it was it uh, Jumia, was one of the, the larger larger e-commerce companies, and then some of the experience they have in the United States to um, solve for that that huge challenge. Yeah. Um, there's another company that um, I'm interested in, uh, founded by um, some or founded by. Um, uh, are you familiar with Hello Tractor? Uh, no. Also, oh, Hello Tractor actually just um got a really cool shout out, a uh, really cool article on NPR. Mm-hmm. But they're a um they're a tractor service for small and medium sized a tractor rental service for small and medium sized. Um, farmers hmm. and um, the idea is those those tractors by allowing um, small and medium-sized farmers to um, rent tractors instead of having to buy tractors um, it provides them with increased productivity and then overall increases the yield and then increases the amount of that the farmers tend to make and also increases the amount that the farmers can take to market for consumption. Huh. And, um, with the agricultural challenges that we see, um, in a place like Nigeria, it's a huge, it's a huge opportunity, a huge place to play. And, um, while you know there are there are other interesting things that hello tractor does around um, being able to connect the tractors to um, the cloud and I don't want to go farther than I understand okay. but uh, maybe analyzing the amount of you know maybe analyzing the soil or using the tractors to kind of map out the um, in, or collect data, um, but that in itself is a unique opportunity for the Nigerian market. Okay. And so I think the, the, the companies that I get excited about, uh, the companies that I really think are going to um, change the game are the companies that understand some of the key challenges in the, um, in the regions they're operating in. And leverage a, a you know a, cons- a user first mentality, but also the um, technology you know principles to multiply the effectiveness of their business model. Huh. Uh,
0: those I mean, very fascinating. Two companies that sound really interesting. Helitractor, I'll have to check out. But the first one you said was Max, right? Yes. Okay, and they were uh, not too long ago on. Uh, TechCrunch, disrupt. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, I think it's uh, it's it's kind of cool that we're seeing some of the startups in Africa coming out to Silicon Valley, which is sort of the the mecca of of technology in the world, and seeing them have sort of this really positive impact
1: outside of uh, their their immediate market. Definitely. No, it is. Um, and I think it's for, I think the, the three primary reasons we're starting to see that one, um, to be completely, to be completely honest, you know, I think Africa in general, people have been entrepreneurs since I think entrepreneurship is one of the most practiced, um, <laughs> practiced professions in in Africa, to be to be completely mm-hmm. honest, you know my my grandmother. You know, I learned. Yeah, I actually learned more about entrepreneurship by watching my grandmother at her store when I was. You know, I'd go over for the summer. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I learned in business school, wow. which is uh, probably not saying. I mean, it's <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, there's nothing like first hand experience exactly. but, uh, but I think it's now at a point where people are starting to take that that, profe- that that experience that we we see and we know already exists on the continent and creating the multiplier effect and mm-hmm. trying to see okay you know it's cool that I have a store. But how can I have 10 stores? How can I have 20 stores? It's cool that I have a product or service, but how can I start to scale my product and service to reach the masses? And, and a lot of it is the, the result of, or the consequ- or the result of um, um, increase in um, mobile mobile technologies, um, internet, and the increase in things like electricity, and um, electricity, and other infrastructure that allows people to um, allows people to engage in um, engage in the type of or to to build the type of companies that are needed um, to be discussed in the large global context. Okay. Um, and so I think that's one. Two, I you know as much. I, I, I there's a lot of there's a lot of great ideas coming from um, you know Nigeria and, and Ghana from the the people that were born there. It's not yeah. just it's not just diasporans, but hmm. there is something to be said about um, the concept of reverse brain drain and how you're starting to see a large flow well, I don't want to say large but you're starting to see a flow of ideas and human capital to back to the country and when you see that you're seeing experiences and and um, you're seeing experiences gotten from you know t- 10 15 20 years or maybe even something as little as three to five years of experience Um in another market being brought back to a country imported back into the country. And that's, that's really, that's actually what's also changing it too. And then lastly, I think the, the, the educational kind of, uh, in uh, I think the we're also starting to see that the kind of the education of entrepreneurship and the i guess the how, what would i what word would i use i guess the popularity of entrepreneurship is starting to cause a standardization of how to teach entrepreneurship or how to yeah. integrate entrepreneurship into a, a into a curriculum in a way that gets people thinking of ways to solve problems and, and, and create solutions. Um, so I think those three things combined are kind of starting to um, have, you know, our multiplier effects for the type of, for companies that are starting to come out. But then on top of that are providing the, the valuable companies to um, providing a high volume of companies that, you know, can be you know picked, so to say, and get to that, you know, global stage where you know they're solving unique challenges that have huge business opportunity, huge, um, huge opportunities, and a huge. I mean, huge uh, opportunities, and they can they can you know hold their own on the world stage.
0: Huh. And how do startups connect with TipHub? What's that process like?
1: So. What we do is we normally get, you know, a startup will reach out to us or we'll get referred or, or, you know, somebody will refer a startup to us. And when we get that referral or um, a a company engages with us, what we'll do is we will um, talk to them. So it's really the initial conversation is just, uh kind of a getting to know you like what um what are you what who are you and what is your company about and you know we just want to get to understand those things and then from there we'll think to or we'll go we'll talk we'll discuss internally and and have a conversation around fit and what we think we're capable of providing and then, you know, that triggers kind of a continuation of the conversation around what the company is, who the company, you know, what markets they're interested in and things like that. So from there, at the end of the day, the goal is to say we're going to support or uh, well, we're going to support somehow by providing what we what we perceive to be added added value through investment introductions um startup support advisory or uh, or you know connecting to first or second first mm-hmm. or first customer or um things like that uh, so that's how we that's how we engage initially. And then we do have programs that we engage with, so for example we have uh, Diaspora Demo Day, um, uh, no, November uh, 19th, um, and what we do is we take, you know, we work with, you know, um, probably six to ten companies to um, get them investor investor ready, so to mm. say, and um, about Spent about three months working on that and with the hopes of, um, getting them to the point where by diaspora demo day, they can pitch their company and, um, hmm. receive investment, receive investment, you know, three to six months after. So, um, that's another way we engage with companies. Um, and then we have other programs like uh, Taka Freak where mm-hmm. we, you know, um, focus on maybe the company isn't, you know, we, we, it's a weekend activity where we have, um, we bring people from the diaspora and startup ecosystem together and we, we work on developing, you know, we'll have a kind of like a hackathon for that company specifically. Mm-hmm. So there there are several ways that we work with companies um depending on where they are and we try to provide support with within the best of our ability but yeah. also um to fit what their needs and their and their um, what they perceive to be their opportunities or their challenges are.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I know that uh, TipHub is a nonprofit. So how do you guys sort of sustain your operations there,
1: yeah. So a lot of it is, you know, a lot of it is um, through partnerships, and um, and are um, you know the partners themselves do a lot of volunteer or, or do volunteer their time. Um, mm. Now and as a, you know, we are, trend, you know, we're we're at a point where we're transitioning into. Um, you know, TipHub, the nonprofit, will, um, you know, we've 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 you know been in the space for the last two two and a half years or so, mm-hmm. and we believe that you know we have a good understanding of what we have. We have great relationships with on the ground venture ca- our VCs, mm-hmm. our VC firms. We have great uh, relationships mm-hmm. with, um. Inve- angel investors that are interested in getting involved in um, in, um, in making African investments, we have access to great founders. We have access to we have a versatile and repeatable model mm-hmm. on how to um, great get get a great pipeline of companies. Mm-hmm. So, where we are currently in the process of uh, fundraising for uh, a venture capital fund, mm-hmm. and the hope be that our nonprofit entity will, you know, support, um, kind of, uh, the work of, for the companies that, you know, we, um, decide to invest in. Um, and so the, the nonprofit entity will, you know, hold our accelerator will will, will hold a lot of the services that we provide for the company, yeah. um, on behalf of the um, fund,
0: hmm.
1: yeah.
0: I think it, to me it sounds like a natural progression, but uh, with TipHub, the nonprofit, that sort of set the stage that uh, sort of established credibility in a market that didn't quite have that formalized Uh, relationship with the VCs and the entrepreneurs themselves and some of the angels so I mean it looks just like a natural progression
1: to me definitely definitely and the idea is that you really want to you know you really want to in anything you do you want to learn and you want to understand the players that are involved the people that are involved Mm. you want to understand the market you want to understand how everyone's interacting with each other. Yeah. And we've used these last two and a half years to really landscape the ecosystem, understand the partners, understand the challenges, understand the opportunities. And you know, like you said, we believe this is a natural progression. Mm. Um, I, I think a lot of it is focused on being able to not just see these opportunities and support how we can, but really, really, you know, take that step forward and say, this is an opportunity we believe in we're gonna put equity we're gonna we're gonna invest in this company and mm-hmm. we're gonna do our best to make sure that this company is successful so um for us it's a it's a way to really continue the work on a larger scale
0: yeah yeah and what's your timeline for
1: getting the VC fund up and running uh so we're we're right now currently in the process of fundraising we're looking at um we're looking to close at the end of august okay uh, so it's pretty it's pretty um long process but the the hope is to close at the end of end of august uh get everything together and then uh invest in uh companies that come out of diaspora demo day
0: okay mm. huh and I, I think it's uh one of the the parallels I'm drawing in my mind is to the work that y Combinator does and i think it's sort of so necessary to really uh push and let let people understand the benefits of
1: entrepreneurship in communities definitely definitely you know you look at you look at um you look at you know two of my favorite um accelerators and and v c firms um Y Combinator and 500 Startups. Mm -hmm. Um, The money that they give is, I mean, mean, it's important. And Mm -hmm. I I think that's fine. But the intangibles um, that are driven by the community, um, the the, the, the value that is actually derived from the Y Combinator and 500 Startups is the community that it's created and the ability to not just um, you know create create a startup in a silo but you're creating a startup in a community where people are invested heavily in your success and yeah. so that is you know a lot of at the core of what we do is you know our hope is that we can um, not just create you know. Founders and silos, but kind of bring people together to sell—not just celebrate, but support outside of you know support um, the startups that we think are exciting, and you know like like we've been talking about this whole time. Um, it, support is not always just money, right? Yeah, you may be you know you may know someone that. Is a logistics expert mm-hmm. and could lend you know adv- you know mentorship to a a a, a a a young logistics company. You you may know somebody that could be potentially the first customer for a, you know an on-demand fashion startup. Yeah. Um, like these are all things that collectively we have the opportunity to share with one another. And decrease the, you know, at the end of the day, what you want to do is decrease the cost of, you know, running a startup, and also increase the opportunity for um, revenues to come into the company. Yeah, and so that's what it, that's what it always comes down to. And then also the the human resources that are, you know, bringing the right people onto the team, bringing being having access to the right mentors. And things like that so those are the those are kind of the things that you know that are kind of spurred on by community and it's a really good observation um that that you know, it, it really is a community first strategy to ensure the success of of companies
0: yeah and just one thing to add i think uh, you talked a little bit about the reverse brain drain and i think uh, something like the tip hub VC fund. I don't know if that's what it's formally called or if you have a name in the works for that, but I think that's something that'll accelerate that and and encourage more people to move back and to get involved in, in entrepreneurship
1: in Africa. Definitely. I think the, the tip hub VC fund, um, that then that is currently the name right now. Mm. Um, but uh, tip of VC fund one, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you're right. And I think that combined with a continuation of success stories, I think yes. being able to point to, you know, for example, max on TechCrunch tech tech crunch disrupt being able to connect with or being able to talk about uh, companies like TalentBase. Hotels, Hotels.ng, um, those type of companies. Being able to, you know, hear about their founding stories, hear about their founders and what they've gone through, and see that there's an actual space for success, is really what will drive the um, will drive the kind of the, the narrative for people to to make the move to come back um, but it's it's not to say that you know it's it's not that it's 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 not easy right yeah. it's very challenging yeah. and the hope will be that you know like we said earlier by com- building community we can you know de-ri- de-risk the challenge as much as it can be de-risked outside mm-hmm. of The opportunity itself being the risk. But, you know, everything else, the hope is to work with, you know, the ecosystem to really foster um, a unique advantage for anyone that's coming over and trying to start business.
0: Yeah. Wow. I mean, I I can go all day you have a wealth of knowledge on startups in Africa i could go all day talking about tip hub but at knowledge van we also want to know a little bit more about the entrepreneur themselves so what fires you up in the morning what is your morning routine and why is that routine so important
1: to you so the i think the first three things i do um i normally get up um make my bed <laughs> um brush my teeth and then check my uh personal email hmm. those are pro- that's probably the first three things that i do and then from there depending on you know the weather and where i am i'll go for a run or i'll um or I'll you know do like a circuit workout right or, or something like that mm. but I think to to kind of the first three things um I think a morning habit the morning ritual is so important um I always I think there are a couple of stories about you know why people make their beds in the morning and mm. I think I subscribe to all of those stories <laughs> um I think for me, the at the core is, I feel like I've accomplished something once my bed is made, and mm. to accomplish something that early in the morning means that the day can only get like the day can only get better, mm. right? um, And if the day gets worse, uh, at the end of the day, you know, at least I'll come back to a made bed. <laughs> um so I think that for me is one of the things that I just you know really like focusing on doing like making my bed um mm. and then you know brushing my teeth is pretty standard and then kind of <laughs> checking my personal email is you know that's just to make sure you know a lot of times I'm in different times that's just to make sure i'm keeping up with things that are going on mm. that may be you know on fire or something that i need to just pay attention to yeah but um i think those are the three things that i just i do to kind of make sure i start the morning off right i start the day off in a good kind of a good in a good grace mm. so this
0: i think that's uh it's really interesting that you've planned it out that way and it's uh sort of things that you do to set yourself up for success i mean if you start your day off with a success no matter how little it is it's sort of uh for you especially it seems like it gives you that that boost and that motivation and confidence that you need to to go throughout your day definitely and so a big part of being an entrepreneur is having that passion but another part is also being able to sustain that passion so can you share some ways that you generate income
1: oh yeah no definitely um so outside of you know outside of what we do with tip um a lot of my you know i i definitely am a, a huge proponent of um diversifying diversifying you know kind of income sources mm-hmm. um, so a lot of work that I've done has been around um, I have a pro- so like I said I had a product management background mm-hmm. so I've done product management consulting kind of ad hocly mm-hmm. for companies that are looking to either build a product or move their product throughout the you know product life cycle or you know, acquire a product or something like that. Uh, so I've done that. Um, I'm currently looking into um, buying, uh, getting into the real estate game. Mm. Um, saved up, up um, saved up some money for that. Um, mm. Buying, you know, buying an income, income, um, an income property, and just you know, kind of fixing it up and then selling it out. Mm. Um, and then. Um, I think I, I mean there are there's a ton of other things but I think one of the cooler things is I definitely am a stock market junkie mm. so when I'm in the when I'm stateside I have an app called Robinhood and I pretty much yeah. like equi- like dude like the, I'm like equivalent of a day trader So so to say I don't want to say I am but <laughs> It kind of Hood makes it kind of easy enough to kind of just trade at, at your own whim and kind mm. of trade and practice trades um, based on what you think are you know kind of the moves for the day. So um, that's one of the cooler things I do. Nice. Um, I've I've done pretty well so far. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my uh, streak to run out. But um, <laughs> um, but I think it is important. Once again, to you know diversify you know income streams, it allows you to kind of take a lot of interesting risks that you wouldn't normally take um because you're dependent on one, yeah, yeah, and for the
0: bandits listening, I think if I'm not mistaken, Robinhood is the the trading app that allows you to um to buy and sell without any sort of transaction fee, right
1: exactly, yeah. yes.
0: Oh, so that's pretty cool. I mean, for those who are looking to get involved and want to get your feet, what I think putting a lot of trades in builds that confidence when you enter the stock, the stock game. Uh, so check out Robinhood. I think it's a a great thing that Chica has brought up. And so being an entrepreneur, we, Definitely know that you'll have some low points. So, can you share with us a specific low point that you felt, uh, whether it's through TipHub or the consulting or whatever the case is? Just take us to that moment so we really understand the, the grit that's necessary in being an
1: entrepreneur. I mean, yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely you know, there's a lot of failure involved in in understanding you know what the market wants. Um, You know, there was uh, so short. So actually, last year after Diaspora Demo Day, we launched a prototype fund, and the prototype fund was um, a fund focused on providing prototype grant grants for um, companies that were interested in building out a um, MVP, and you know, we tried a we tried a model um, that you know part of what we were trying to do is create is is test um, a model that would provide the service, but wouldn't go after equity, but it would it it was a unique model that went after you know future revenues, mm. and what we found is that a lot of you know aside from aside uh, aside from you know the challenge of understanding what that means to a, co- a young company it's just that you know we found that it was very challenging to execute that model um within the fund so um you know, it was that the fund was not as successful as we we, we hoped to. It uh, hoped that it would have been, um, but we learned a lot about how you know um, managers, you know, teams view you know revenue based equity um, and what we needed to redo. What we needed to rethink going to market and. Um, That really has informed, um, a lot of the, the, a lot of our, you know, thesis around how we're going to invest, uh, this time around. Um, so, um, it's, I mean, the, I think the, at the end of the day there will be a ton of failures, but it's, it's being able to take those, take those, you know, dark days of failures and, and bring them into, um, the opportunity like you know a great opportunity for yourself um so you know uh, this is overused but you know when life hands you lemons make lemonade i think the entrepreneur is an entrepreneur not just an entrepreneur that's um i think well i I think an entrepreneur is a master at making lemonade um from lemons and i think that's actually one of the skill sets required for success Um, being able to translate those challenges into um, something beneficial of service or not uh, something of benefit or something beneficial not just to the customer but also to your your growth as well
0: yeah definitely I like how you tied that into uh, the work you're doing now trying to get your VC fund up and ready it's 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 sort of good a good practice to take each failure each obstacle as a learning experience because for you guys what it did is set the stage so you can go to the people that you're raising the fund from and say look we've gone through some of this stuff already we know what to expect exactly yeah and so on the on the flip side of that what is one of the best moments that you've experienced so far as an entrepreneur um
1: Hmm. Hmm. Um, I think for me one of the bo- best moments was the end of Diaspora Demo Day I think it was really cool to see so many people excited see so many people engaged and see so many people um, you know, meeting and engaging with you know, some of the best companies in the African, on the African continent um i think that was a huge that was a huge that was i mean that was probably one of the highlights of the you know my that was probably yeah probably one of the bigger highlights of my experience as an entrepreneur so
0: to say mm. that's 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 great i think one of the things we see often with entrepreneurs uh is that some of their most exciting moments have to do with people and not money particularly. Oh yeah, no, definitely. definitely. Yeah. And with that, we're about to enter the rapid fire round. Are you ready? Uh, uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> so what would you say was initially stopping you from taking the step to be an entrepreneur?
1: Um, I thought I didn't know enough. Hmm. And I realized that no one knows enough. So... I think the model is to figure out what you don't know fast enough so that you can get somebody else to do it or you can figure it out and that's that's what that's that's what you know people should be thinking about and not thinking about what they don't know hmm.
0: Hmm. and at what point did you stop looking at tipHub as a project and more as an actual business
1: um I mean tipHub has always been. I think an actual business for me, I think it's been kind of like when you are building something bigger than yourself, It it's bigger, I mean, for me, it's bigger than a business, right? Like it's, this is kind of like a, a long-term infrastructure project, right? So those things have their phases. So it's just a matter of thinking, you know, I kind of thought big picture and I continue to think big picture. Hmm. What quality would
0: you say most contributes to your success as an entrepreneur? Patience. Hmm. hmm. And I think yeah, patience is always needed as an entrepreneur, especially when you're working remotely sometimes and when you're working with startups, you you'll find that patience is is one of those virtues that you really need. Definitely. And what quality would you need to, do you, do you think you need to improve on most?
1: I need to improve on, um, I think, execution. I think mm-hmm. I, I, there are a lot of... Uh, um, well, it's a double-edged sword. There are a lot of things that I could execute on, but I don't. But I think by not executing on it, I'm like focused on other things. Uh-huh. So maybe... I don't know. Maybe I, I think that if I did execute on a lot of other things that I wanted to do, it would be really hectic but I think it'd be interesting but I think I don't for you know those given reasons so Mm. maybe yeah you can always you can always improve on execution I think that's a good one
0: okay and what's the best advice you've ever received and who is it from okay
1: Um, the best advice I've ever received it's an interesting one um, it was from a friend of mine. Uh, she's older. She's a lawyer, um, and she said to me, "Stay, stay in your lane, hmm. and to me, was, stay in your lane and and don't and run your own race, right? Um, as you know, as an entrepreneur." as, as an entrepreneur, you you know, you tend to look around and you, you see, you see, like, your colleagues achieving success, you see people, you see, you know, you see a lot of things happening all around you. Um, You see people starting families, you see people, um, you know, doing really well, getting, you know, getting in the, you know, getting, you know, the the next publication or, um, you know, Um, raising around Mm. and you see those things and you you get really you know you start to think about okay well what am i doing and you know part of what you know makes an entrepreneur great is being able to kind of channel like know that those things are going on in the background but channel and be singularly focused on what you know, your next milestone is mm. and getting to your next milestone. So, part of that is running your own race and understanding that, you know, people are running their own races and that's their own narrative. But you are running your own, you're running your race and your race at your pace. Mm. And, um, and that's what's going to propel you if you continue to run your race. And then run your race your way, and that's what staying in your lane meant. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you are the best person at being you, Mm -hmm. and you are going to run your race in your own individual way. Um, You know, I find the best the best advice isn't you know super profound, but it's given in a timely manner. Yeah, and, uh so I think that was given in a very timely and kind a of timely situation. Um and it happened to be it happened to give a lot of value into, you know, the after after it was given.
0: Huh. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a very interesting thing that you brought up is that the best advice is sometimes not the most profound thing, but it's something that is said at the the best moment in time. Mm, definitely, yeah. And what is one internet resource or application that you couldn't live without? This is excluding Google, and we'll also exclude TipHub.
1: Um, hmm. that's a good question. Um, so there's a app called Anydo, mm. and it's a task app, and. Um, it literally um, structures my. Literally, is like uh, structures my day. It's like uh, mm-hmm. it's literally uh, uh, just. I I in uh, on in the morning. Part of my my ritual is to kind of load my tasks from um, load the daily tasks, but also. Kind of uh, on Sundays, load weekly tasks, and then just try to knock them down throughout the week, mm. and then add things as they go. And it, it really helps me keep um, helps me keep um, perspective on what's getting done. Yeah. Um, I think that's um, that's uh, that's one, and then I think another one is Hacker News. Hacker News is always a good time.
0: Yep yep I would definitely agree, and to close out the rapid fire round, do you feel like you've made it yet?
1: uh no no not yet i think i think there's still more there's still more and a lot more there's still a lot more to be done and uh there's still a lot of uh i think it's a larger i think there's a lot like a larger scale to get to mm Nice,
0: and I think that was uh, that was a great rapid fire round. You through through all of your answers, I think I learned a lot, and the bandits are better for it as well. Um, it, as we sort of cool down, what is one book that you would recommend for the bandits to
1: read? Hmm, one book. Um, I actually have it right here. Let me put it up. Uh, I just got it from my. My friend, uh, she's an ad exec. Um, I think anyone that is going to call themselves an entrepreneur or is going to make a big difference in in the world has to learn how to pitch. Mm. And it's called The Art of the Pitch um, by Peter Cotter. And it's a book that talks about how to um, develop... Not just develop, but identify, identify and evaluate the persuasion skills that are required to win business. And if, you know, if, you know, people are familiar with the ad, kind of the ad space, a lot of it comes down to, you know, pitching business and being able to, um, win over, win business from people, win business, you know, and that's a lifeline of a, you know, ad, ad executive or an ad, an ad agency hmm. and yeah that's that's for ad agencies, but we're always we're always all all of us are always pitching we're you know we're always pitching something yeah. and it's important to understand the psychology and the the context in which we are pitching so that we can be so we can be more successful, so that's one book that I would definitely recommend from a skills perspective um um as something that i I believe that you know i'm you know i'm I'm almost to the point where i believe pitching should be taught in in school you know yeah Um, so it's definitely one that yeah that's definitely a book to read
0: Okay. I, I actually haven't checked that out, so I will as well. And for the bandits who are listening, if you go to Chica's bio page on knowledgebandits.com, you'll have, uh, access to that. You can also sign up for the newsletter and we'll send you that information so you don't have to even look for it. And, uh, what advice would you give to those bandits right now who are afraid to take that next step that they know they should?
1: Um, yeah, no, I would, I would say, uh, uh, Don't know if Nike would (laughs) something. I would say just do it. Um literally if if you're afraid to take the next step on something, like, you know, you don't have to jump into the pool, just put one toe in, get two toes in, and by the time you know it, you've got two feet in. And Mm. you know, that's just break it down and take the baby steps. But get you know, don't think, just do. Um, I think that's the most important thing. Um, uh, doing um doing is uh doing and execution are definitely higher up there than just thinking and planning.
0: Yeah. I uh, yeah, I would definitely agree. Sometimes it's those baby steps that it sort of gets you acquainted and I think it's the act of setting goals. Uh you talked about how you are able to sit down and plan out your weeks in advance and plan out your days. And I think that's a very good practice to have because it always makes sure that you're uh, pushing along. If you just sort of do it sort of uh, uh, randomly, you'll find that you're not moving along as quickly as you should be. So that practice of sitting down, making a list, and understanding what you're doing now and where you want to be is, very crucial as an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur. Exactly. And from sort of your your purview, what are some of those industries in Africa? Uh, you said you work primarily with uh, Nigeria and Ghana. What are some of the industries there that people can look to get involved in?
1: Um, I think all the non-sexy industries. So uh, <laughs> Um, so I would say, um, healthcare, healthcare is going to be a very interesting space. Mm. Um, agriculture is also another interesting space. Um, um, what else? Um, you know, I've, I've always said this and this is actually, I, I believe a huge opportunity you know, I said earlier, everybody in Africa is an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. There, I think there's a huge market for helping entrepreneurs be better entrepreneurs. So, like, mm-hmm. the B2B space, but I guess I guess B2B would be, like, with major, I guess it would be larger mm-hmm. established entities. But there's, like, a SMB to SMB mm-hmm. space that is huge and is ripe for opportunity. Mm. Um, I think uh, that's that's definitely a good place. Uh, Education Mm. another interesting place. Um, I think all of these things are going to depend on you know kind of government policy but I think there's still a lot of room for people to Get in there and innovate, mm. and create—you know—interesting, interesting companies around, you know, what people would, what things that people wouldn't think about. Um, so, I think one example is within education. Mm. Um, you know, everyone is interested in how are we going to better educate. What the equivalent would be in the United States—the K two, K through twelve population but you know I'd argue that you know there are adults that need continuous education and how could you what what kind of what kind of businesses can come into play to help continue education for Mm -hmm. um, adults have kind of like a general assembly on steroids you know (laughs) something like that (laughs) Um, it's
0: I think those are definitely some interesting ideas that you're you're sort of just divulging to the bandits, and for those of you listening, uh and you're struggling, you're you're looking at one of those industries. This is uh, someone who's constantly working within those spaces and has a really great idea on what needs to be done. So I think you you definitely uh, take that advice to heart. And as we say goodbye, unfortunately, it's that time where we we sort of have to say goodbye but for the bandits that have been listening and who are just particularly inspired by your story and uh just some of the things you've said how can they connect with you for internship or maybe even mentorship opportunities
1: yeah no definitely um so my I mean my email is uh, chica at tiphub dot org I'm definitely responsive to that and then I'm on twitter as well uh at chica Umedi. um Definitely responsive on there, yeah. Um, so, I mean, LinkedIn as well. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty responsive on socials. So, um, if you want to reach out, definitely more than willing to to help and support any way I can.
0: Mm, great. And as as we leave, I will ask the final question. So, you're tasked with building the greatest business the world has ever seen. You can bring on any two people, living or dead. With you taking the lead, who would you bring on and what would you do? Oh wow.
1: Okay. Um oof. Elon, that's that's an easy one. He I see he seems to be having the greatest April ever. <laughs> um, so yeah. I'd want him to continue that hot streak. <laughs> um Um and then I think I would bring on, um, I'd bring on Jack Ma and Elon Musk. Mm. And I think we could create something special at scale. Or no, yeah. I, not even just at scale, but I think we could definitely change the game. And you asked what would it be? Yeah. So it'd probably have to be something between a marketplace and alternative energy. Mm. It'd probably have to be a hybrid between those two things because mm. they, they seem to have that skill set. Yeah. So I would, it's a really good question. <laughs> I think I would, I would make a marketplace that globalizes the, um, the, um, commodities industry. Mm. So, um, creates it in a way that we can, you know, that literally creates a, a global marketplace for commodities, mm. um, agricultural commodities, and then transports them in an effective banner. Mm. So it's like Amazon for bananas and apples and stuff.
0: Huh. It's a great idea. Someone, someone who's listening might, <laughs> might take that
1: and run with it. Yeah. One of the key challenges, I mean, I'm not going to go through like the key challenges, but like yeah. I think one of the key reasons is that we see, I mean, you look at the world right now, we have, you know, there's food in some places and there's no food in Mm. other places. Mm. And I think one of the key things that we have is just a challenge of being able to bring the um, getting, you know, kind of allocating the resources and places that that needs to be so. I think this would be an interesting way of, kind of, um, trying to solve um, food. The, the future, I think, what the future of what food shortages will look will eventually look like, um, and trying to kind of mitigate m- mitigate that. So that's hmm. what I was thinking about.
0: Nice, and there you have it: the dream team, Elon Musk, Jack Ma, and Chica taking the lead on that. well chica thank you so much for for being with the bandits today i mean it's it's been a great experience i've learned a lot through talking to you and i'm sure the bandits have picked up on things that they didn't know about either uh thanks for having me yeah stay inspired this is the knowledge bandits podcast we want to thank you for joining us today Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Overcast, or Stitcher. You can also follow Knowledge Bandits on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And as always, Bandits, stay inspired.